0: Running away with a spaceman in a box. Anything could happen to you. That's what I'm counting on. Good salvage. A smelly one.
1: Clara, where is she? She's still on board. If you help me get her out, you get the machine. The salvage of a lifetime. Multiple life forms on board the
2: TARDIS.
0: What do you keep in here? Where are they? No, you're not gonna like the answer.
2: One hour, until this ship blows.
1: What are you, A trick? A trap? We're going to die here, you're going to tell me what they are! I can't. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back... Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Dr. Jones.
0: How are you, sir?
1: I am caffeinated and unfortunately not regenerated. But other than that, Um, I am pretty good. How was that as a response?
0: It was great as we journey into the TARDIS. So, yeah, Yeah. good response.
1: (laughs) But you know what? Not the side, not the top, not the bottom, not the second dimension twice around. But you know what is in the center of my consciousness right now? Lee Shackelford. Lee Shackelford, my friend. Wow. It took you, you a while to get there, but you got there. I did like, indeed.
2: Like the labyrinth at the heart of the TARDIS. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. And Clarence is calling you Dr. Jones. I was just thinking today that uh, it used to be, I don't know if it's still true or not, but it used to be that Mr. Jones was slang for someone's drug addiction.
0: Oh. Ooh. Wow, yeah, well, that sucks
2: So, yeah Interesting mm. um, Yeah, Jane Child, an, an mm. artist I used to really enjoy She recorded a song that had the lyric Just look at me, I'm skin and
1: bones I gave it all to Mr. Jones
0: mm. Interesting
1: Anyway, but that's not you so. And then, of course, if we were cooking, we'd be But if we were cooking, we'd be <laughs> talking about Julia Child So, there you go Are Jane Child and Julia Child related? I need to look into that I don't think so. I don't know. What? But you know what I do know is we have feedback from none other than our good friend and the one and only Mr. Dave Cooper, who sends a single word, (laughs) Barbarella. So for anyone who's been listening to the last couple of episodes and the trivia, Lee, why don't you follow up on Barbarella?
2: I, I knew that um, if anybody would go co- go right to that it would be uh uh Dave Cooper but um um yeah just about anybody who's uh, uh in into sci-fi and fantasy in the uh late 60s was well aware of uh Barbarella a strange film made uh by Roger Vadim and uh, featuring his wife Jane Fonda as the uh comic book heroine, Barbarella. And my question was about um, the uh, the band that David Warner is listening to on his uh, highly illegal Walkman in Cold War. And I was asking, do, does anybody know where their name comes from? And in the movie, I don't know if it's true in the comic strip or not, but in the movie, uh, Barbarella is sent on a mission to find the rogue scientist Will Duran Duran. So
1: that's where the band's name comes from. Mm, interesting. Now you know. Now you know, and that's cuts. the rest cuts, of the story. Exactly. <laughs> well, n- not only do we have feedback from Dave, we also have some feedback. This is coming from Kevin O'Brien, and I may have already read this on a previous episode. If I have, I'm going to say it is worth repeating because I'm not sure if I have or not. So here is our feedback from Kevin Kevin says that he has been catching up, and he has just got to the episode, The Timeless Children. He has heard a lot about how this wrecks Who forever, and it is refreshing to hear an intelligent appreciation. I am looking forward to the new season, and I want to see where this goes. Thanks again for a great show.
0: Well, thank you so much for the feedback. That is awesome. Uh, Glad to know that someone is appreciating our our commentary. Uh, very, Very awesome. Thank you so much again. Indeed. Well,
1: this one comes 21 hours ago, actually, as of this recording, and it is a comment on our 250th episode. This is from Mr. Thomas Streeter, and he is posting to us on our Discussing Who Facebook page, and he says... Gentlemen, first things first, congrats on your 250th episode, and here's to another 250. This is a great milestone. It shows your commitment and involvement to Doctor Who. I've been listening for a bit shy of two years now. I really enjoy your banter, opinions, and overall happiness of your podcast. It is also... Fun to find out that it airs practically from my backyard. I am a local Mississippi fella like Kyle and Clarence and Lee's in a good area too. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for what you do and for sharing a bit of yourselves every week. Cheers and again, congrats! Another who, t- another who fan.
0: Tom. Oh man, Mississippi Hoovians unite! <laughs> and Lee in a nice area too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right yeah oh, uh, yeah what a lovely note thank you so much tom uh, we love to hear from doctor who fans named tom indeed
0: for reasons
2: but yes yeah, i i i like just about any time that somebody uh, says that they find our show to be a happy one because um i i do i tell other people that when we when we're talking about an episode that we like we have fun geeking out over it when we find one that we don't particularly like we have fun Sometimes making fun of it, but the, the, the line yeah. you draw through yeah. that is that we have fun. <laughs> and we're never mean. And try not to be mean
1: about it, yeah. In other <laughs> words, you two keep me in check. That's exactly. what we mean. Yeah, we, we, we hold back your meanness, your innate meanness. <laughs> Indeed. But we do have fun. And, you know, that's that's something to be said of why I think that it's easy for us to do this every week is because it's if it's fun for us— Hopefully, it's fun for people to listen to. That's right. We always hope that comes through. All right. Well, gentlemen, since we have made our correction, I think that it is time for me to say, if you have not journeyed to the center of the TARDIS, meaning if you have not watched this episode, go out, watch, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. This was the 10th episode of the 2012-2013 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 27th of April, 2013. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, jenna coleman as clara oswald and the tardis as herself summary view clarence brown i'll start with you summary view what say you
0: Hmm, definitely a timey wimey episode and i think it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun it reminded me a lot of the uh was it the the uh doctor's wife episode when amy and rory were going through the tardis a little bit it reminded me of that um but overall, I think I really enjoyed it. Well, let me say this. I don't remember, or maybe I've seen it. I just have no recollection. But I guess they're riffing off Journey to the Center of the Earth a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I also felt echoes of Wizard of Oz in just one part of it, which I guess we didn't get a real explanation to what we saw. But, but yeah, um, I think I enjoyed it. And what about you guys?
2: I had a lot of fun with it. It has some plot holes that are troubling. But for the most part, I just think it's a, a, a cracking good adventure. I kind of wish that we didn't have to have a boogeyman in this one. I I, I find that I say that about Doctor Who a lot. And I, I can imagine the meetings, the story meetings, where they're saying, yeah, but what's the alien in this episode? Mm. Well, there are these salvage operators who are going to gut the TARDIS if they can. Isn't that <laughs> enough? <laughs> I, you know, but uh, no, there has to be time zombies as well. I, I, I don't know, but anyway, uh, but I do. Uh, this is um, as I'm reading on, IMDb, which of course is never wrong. Ha ha. <laughs> um, <laughs> it says this is only the third time that we've seen any more of the Tardis in the control room in in the in the new series. Um, mm. So, so can that say be that again. Right? This was the this second of only the. Fu- th- the third time we saw the we saw the wardrobe
1: at the end of Runaway Bride, correct. Well, and, at the end of uh, not not Runaway, it was uh, Christmas Invasion. A Christmas Invasion, yes, you're right. Uh, yeah, the one
2: I like so much. Yes, and <laughs> that I can't remember. And um, and then you uh, just as you said um, in uh,
0: the Doctor's Amy Rory
2: get lost in the Doctor's Wife, and um, so now we we get to see a lot of those same. Uh, perplexing corridors isn't that amazing to think that that that's really been it in the classic series we used to be forever opening a door and just sort of casually walking into another room or going around the corner to a corridor or Mm. things like that and you just don't see that anymore we we haven't seen it's one of my gripes about the uh, the 13th doctor's tardis is we we haven't seen any of that i don't know anyway that's a different conversation, yeah. I
1: think, yeah. Well, let's let's focus, no, let, let's say not necessarily on the 13th Doctor's TARDIS, you know, crystal TARDIS, whatever, but let's talk about the different rooms. And my question to you guys is, did you have a favorite room that you saw? And if so, which one? And Clarence, why don't you take this one
0: first? Well, as Clara was with the vastness of the library that she wandered into, where she has picked up some information that she mentioned briefly, but <laughs> I, I just love that concept. And I wonder why we don't visit it more to me. It gives the TARDIS. It makes it so much more grand and interesting to know that there are all these rooms and not just endless corridors, but we have these rooms with that are bigger on the inside. just like <laughs> when you walk through the TARDIS mm-hmm. doors and, It's just amazing and wonderful to see that and make it actually really makes you imagine um, or try to imagine like what all the TARDIS can be. And I just want to see more of them rooms. I want to see more of the pool, the library, um, whatever else we saw. I just think there's a really interesting concept that they don't really explore enough. We don't always have to go to some far off planet or do some weird thing. We can sometimes (laughs) just explore the TARDIS and see what wonders are in there.
1: Good point, Lee. What about you? Yeah. Any particular room that caught your interest? Oh, I, I'm with I'm with Clarence. Um,
2: I saw a library in Prague that looks like that library. I that that's a real place. I think that they shot. I don't think that yeah. was CG. Um, but it's it's not the library in in Prague. But in, in any case, uh, a lot of places in Europe have uh, real <laughs> libraries like that, and. And the doctor's got one that he carries with him wherever he goes. That's just what a gorgeous idea that is. And uh, and Clara says, well, now you're just showing off. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I just love it. Um, I, I, I'm with Clarence, too, that I, I wish that we, we did this more often and did it well. It is, at the same time, fun for us to use our imaginations. We're always talking about the other things that are in the TARDIS yeah um <laughs> that twelve doctor says something is next to the bins <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's also the place where you take your trash you know i love <laughs> that but um but we know there's a swimming pool because uh, river song has hit it straight from the door yeah and we're not not sure how we make that happen but um
1: and and we do know that at one point the library was in the swimming pool it ends up because in the swimming whenever pool, yeah. it remember because it crashed with right. the 11th doctor and uh the 11th hour yeah so this is a new one we guess <laughs> i guess so are guess, they restored so, the books right
2: because uh, we've seen the machine that the TARDIS has to for doing stuff like that um it's just fabulous but so i do love um and i wanted to bring this up later on but maybe this is the place to do it in a, there's a classic um serial that fans of the classic series will remember well if not if not finally called the invasion of time a six-parter with the fourth doctor where he goes back to gallifrey and reassumes his title as lord president and mm-hmm. for a little while there we think he's lost his mind and we find out that it is a uh, an elaborate plan and he 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 knew what he was doing all along but before it's over he is the TARDIS is going to be infiltrated with Santarans. And he leads them on kind of a merry chase inside the TARDIS. And what doubles for the TARDIS is the interior of a, a, a an old... I would say disused building somewhere in England or or in Wales. I don't know. I don't know what the building was. Dave Cooper will know. But (laughs) anyway, mostly we got repeated shots of them going down the same staircase, indicating its immense size. Well, it doesn't fool anybody. It's obviously the same staircase over and over again. And it's just disappointing to think that the TARDIS would be full of kind of these aging, industrial age sort of, you know, brick and mortar kind of things. Um, We see Leela in the swimming pool. So it's cool to establish the swimming pool there like that. But for the most part, that glimpse of the interior of the TARDIS is really disappointing. And and many people have pointed out over the years that uh, if you're keeping close count of how many Suntarans went in and how many are accounted for at the end, there's one still in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I... And now you know where Strax came from. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's been in the TARDIS all this time. No, I
1: mean just
2: the sort of perversity of that i mean of course it's just a continuity error but but you know when sh uh when uh clara started seeing something in the shadows there i thought boop it's that Suntar and he's <laughs> and he's That's not cool. happy but um mm-hmm. but yeah so so we have tr- made an attempt before at showing the vastness of the interior of the tardis but you know it it does have to be done well and done right and done so that the, the technology seems consistent, that the aesthetic of it seems consistent, I should say. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I,
1: I really like the way it's done here. Not only did you not like that, Stephen Moffat also did not like that. And this is a direct result of Moffat not liking that. So,
2: <laughs>
1: there you
0: go. An
2: attempt to repay for past <laughs> damages.
0: Yes. Uh, can can I add real quick? Also, we got glimpses of other functional parts of the TARDIS, which you would you, you would be expecting to see on ships, other ships like the engine room. And I forgot what they call the room, the globes, but I'm just call that the computer core. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Basically the equivalent of the computer core and then the power source, too. So. Mm-hmm. I think all of those were, were just as grand and interesting as you could imagine.
2: And we, we've we talked about those things before, and it's a, it's it becomes one of the mysteries of the show that we, we can talk about endlessly. Because we've been told that the Eye of Harmony is on Gallifrey, right? Right. And, and that all TARDISes that are out there are cosmically connected to the Eye of Harmony. Well, here we find that the TARDIS is inside, that the, the Eye of Harmony is in the TARDIS. Mm. Um, and that the doctor says very quickly, he he gives a very quick explanation of what it is, and he says that all of these uh, time travel machines have one. I like to think that they all
1: have the same one. Right. And it's all just interspersed, or it's all in one place at all time. Or, right. It's I mean, why one, not You know. One eye of harmony, but all TARDIS is.
2: What a great concept.
1: Exactly. Um,
2: but, if, if nothing else, because it explains the <laughs> apparent discrepancy. But the doctor <laughs> has also spoken from time to time about the the actual physical dimensions of the interior of the TARDIS. And sometimes he says it's infinite. And we don't know if, he's, if that's just a figure of speech or not. But here it is again. He said that the interior of the TARDIS is infinite. Hmm. So... If we if we're playing the game, what, what do we make of that? Mm. that <laughs> I mean, of course it's possible, I guess.
0: Really we can't get past it being bigger on the inside. Yeah. I mean Yeah, so
2: <laughs> once you've accepted that, yeah.
0: Yeah. But infinite, that that's that's big. <laughs> yeah, it's very big.
2: And it certainly makes it a problem if you get lost in there. Yeah. And,
1: and, yeah. Well, here's a couple of things before we move on from the TARDIS itself. This was, we've already talked about seeing other rooms, but this is the first time since 2005, or actually since the classic, because they've not done this before this, where the doctor closes the door using a lever. You know, the other times it's been with the snap of the fingers, or they've actually physically shut the door, but this is... For the first time since Classic, that he uses a lever to shut the door. That was cool. Just like the good old days. And this is the second time that an episode title includes a word that is spelt differently in American English than in British English, which, of course, is center, C-E-N-T-R-E, instead of E-R.
0: That's interesting. And
1: I had noted that and wanted to bring it up. What's the other one? It is, I think, The War Machines. No. Do you know the other Surely one? Surely not. Because I forgot I to write not. it down. Because I forgot to write it down. Dave Cooper. Page J. Yes. Dave Cooper. Exactly. Please tell us. We want but, to know.
2: If you could tell us right now telepathically, that would be
1: special. <laughs> yes. Contact. 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 <laughs> I, I know that when we think of it, too, we're going to say, oh, of course. But, yeah. Well, one other thing, since uh, we said Barbarella at the beginning, that was cool (laughs) seeing the umbrella that Clara walked by quickly and picked up because I got vibes of the seventh doctor. But I want to focus next on something that I think Clarence, I think you brought it up a few minutes ago, which is in the library, Clara picked up this book or went to this book started thumbing through pages and said so that's who and then was interrupted and then later in the story says that she read the doctor's name what are your thoughts guys on Clara knowing the name and then obviously evidently forgetting it but knowing the name
0: thoughts so I don't remember what happens next. So let me say that right off. But by the time we get to the end of the end of the episode, it makes you think if she's going to retain some of this information, because obviously from our three savage men, uh, the 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 main guy, the leader, I guess he kind of remember. Well, I don't know if he remembers or not. But he's definitely acting like a different person by the end of the episode when we kind of reverse time back to how it was before he's nicer to the, I don't know, culture, the, the Android <laughs> uh, brother. And so it makes me wonder if she's going to retain some of that information. But I mean, other than that, I don't know if there's a lot to say other than she knew the doctor's name and, and, you know, supposedly she doesn't remember anymore. So I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'm waiting to see how that plays out a bit. Lee.
1: What about you? I hate it. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I'm with you a hundred percent.
2: I'm so glad. Yeah, I just it's it's irrelevant. It just serves no story purpose other than to bring this thing up again. The idea that she would pick up a history book, a history of the Time Lords, and the first thing her eye falls on is the Doctor's real name. I, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense in terms of the the action as it's being played out in the story. And, okay, so I, why can't this be private? Can't this be? Why can't this just be for River Song? Just leave it alone. For God's sake. Yes. Just, I, yeah.
1: You hit it 100% exactly. on the place I wanted to go. Of exactly. Course. No offense to Clara, because right. I am in Clara's corner still at this yeah. point in the story. <laughs> no offense to Clara. No. But if you're... Go- okay, so I can even go so far as to say that the TARDIS has the power to open a book within the TARDIS and have it on this... <laughs> certain page that it needs to be on I what? get that
2: <laughs> oh yeah but well, but, yeah. but
1: the book wasn't open right. and even who? if there was a bookmark blah blah she says so that's who that to me the way that's read and written says so that's who that means she, I actually was thinking oh so that's who the woman in the shop was so- <laughs> right
0: or something mm. else like that yeah
1: not this is the doctor's name that so that's who just doesn't make sense to me
0: i mean can you you guys help me out because this is something i never really had any i really never took this in high regard or really cared one iota about it but why is the doctor doctor's name so freaking precious i care nothing that's a story element of doctor who i've never cared about but it's always a big deal so no, I, I, I here.
2: it hasn't always been a big deal and 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 that's part of what I don't like about it is that it, it's it he, he says he's the doctor and people accept that and we move on and part of new who has been this quest about his name and even the suggestion that it's the oldest question in the universe I mean mm. no i just no no i I'm with you I just don't care just why are we doing this hmm <laughs> mm. It, See, It all I, begins with you know with Ian calling uh calling him Doctor Foreman and he says what Doctor
1: Who what are you talking about that's mm-hmm. that's the only significance that the title has <laughs> it's just I don't uh, eh. yeah I you know I saw it more so as the mysticism around the name and I don't mean that in the literal sense and within the story I mean that from the fan point of view is. You call him the doctor that everybody accepts it. That's the name of the character. And it's sort of like there are some things that you don't want to know because the argument is that ruins the character. Case in point, you've got a rom-com TV show and you've got the male lead or you've got two leads. doesn't have to be male, female, whoever. Uh, but you've got the two leads and then they finally... You know, confess their love for each other. And then within a season, they're canceled because, you know, that breaks the mystique of the show. I think that's what I've always seen as don't give the name because not that it means anything to us. It's the fact that we've gone 50 years, 55 years, 60 years, or whatever, and we've never said his name. We don't need to know it now because if we've been here for 60 years, Without a name, we don't need a name. Sure. So, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> do we, do we all
2: know the prisoner? Speaking of British, beloved British TV series of the sixties. I've
0: never heard of no, it. I, no,
2: I nope, have nope, heard nope, of it, nope, but never yep. seen
0: it. Oh my golly.
2: I think you'd like it. I'm not, I, I, it's very much of its time. But anyway, um, we're with that character for 13 episodes and uh, we don't know his name either. He's the prisoner. <laughs> that's that's his name. I mean, that's not his name. And he'll tell you angrily that that's not his name. They also insist that his number is six. He, he rejects that too. So, what is his name? We don't know. It's not important. <laughs>
1: Just yeah. move on. Let's go on a little bit further. And since we're talking about Clara, you know, kind of pushing her nose in areas that it doesn't belong. Let's you know (laughs) had to do that, but but there is this scene where the doctor confronts Clara, and he basically thinks time is running out, and he asks her, "Who are you, Clarence?" As the Clara fan here is the champion of Clara. What did you think of this?
0: Um, interesting question that we know he's obviously been trying to find out uh over the course of these last few episodes. Uh so I mean it makes it makes sense for him to come to this point where he just straight out asks her what's going on. And of course she has no idea. So you know, I, I feel it's good to keep hitting that line whenever we have to to come back to, you know, what the overall arc of the series is is gonna be. So it was it was fine. We didn't really get any answers, but you know, keep bringing it up, you know. Lee, what did you think?
2: I really love that scene. And once again, just hats off to uh, Jenna Coleman's performance here because I believe her completely. And I think it's really important that we believe her completely. She has no idea what he's talking about. And he feels sure that she will, that this is the moment. We're about to die. At least tell me the truth. And she's, I've got nothing else to tell you. I, you know, I'm me. That's all I know. Which in a way deepens the mystery, but he's also able to accept that in this moment, and I think that's that's really interesting. In a way, it doesn't matter who those other Claras were; that this has given a new importance to this one, and that she's mm-hmm. worth she's worth saving. She's worth you know uh, being this close to death for. It's 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 just a, a a powerful scene. It's one of the best things in the episode, I think.
1: Yep. I agree and I will, you know, just add that I also think, you know, this is a compliment to well, to Matt Smith's acting, but particularly particularly for Jenna Coleman because at no point in that conversation did I remember and think about, oh, you you played both the other two characters. I saw them as separate individuals. Knowing subconsciously yes this is the same actor playing all three roles but they felt like three different people to me you know and that's because she
0: acted so well she portrayed it so well yeah and i also feel like relating directly to the story again as much as the doctor is trying to figure out who she is she's still kind of wondering who the doctor is at some points like why does he have these things down here? You know, <laughs> give me some answers. What's going on with these time zombies? So yeah, I found all that just, just fun. And yeah, like you guys said, that scene was amazing. So let's shift for a moment
1: to the Van Buren brothers. We've got Gregor, who is the captain quote air quotes, quote unquote. <laughs> we we've guess. got Brown and we've got tricky who is the quote unquote, robotic lackey servant real captain <laughs> what did you guys think of the brothers and lee i'll start with you what did you think of the brothers and also did you pick up on anything before the reveal yeah i guess <laughs> i feel like
2: having these guys in this ship that is uh you know basically a tanker um out in space and that it's everything they do is just about the work and so they are um, just beholden to that and to getting their cut and all those talk that's got to remind people of Alien and where exactly the same things are true and surprise one of them is an android and mm-hmm. so in this case we start off with saying that one of them is an android um, but I wondered if that was going to get going to get turned on turn on its head but I love the threat here of, of guys who just see the TARDIS as parts and where we're going to go in our journey to the center of the TARDIS is it's more like Fantastic Voyage than Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, right? Because the TARDIS is alive and none of those guys are prepared to reckon with that. Clara is, has been skeptical about this and so she's going to learn the truth. This is like being inside a, a, a body, an animal, you know, a, a, it is a living thing. And so I, 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 lo- I just love them. I, I love the fact that their views on things are going to be challenged on this scale. I hate the thing about Tricky being a, not really being an android because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, did, did, during the time they were telling him he was an android, did he never get hungry? Did he never have to go to the toilet?
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: I mean,
1: seriously? <laughs> it just doesn't hold up. It doesn't. You know you're just opening a door for me, uh, don't you? (laughs) Uh, To the
2: bathroom? Uh, Yeah, no, no, no,
1: because I, you know, maybe they aren't. Anyway, I, (laughs) I can fathom stories about people who were androids that didn't go to the bathroom. Uh, Just saying, it's not my fault. But anyway, right? So, but he's not an android. (laughs) Anyway. I never thought of him having to go to the bathroom, to be honest. One
2: has to think of these things. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're
1: right. One has I
2: mean, to think of that. And, and, the, and the script actually sort of fumbles on its own five-yard line because the last thing that they're doing is they're having a meal together. And I thought, well, didn't this
0: happen before? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, anyway. Uh, what did you think, Clarence? Uh, first off, I thought it was cool to see this, this – uh, black family (laughs) on this spaceship is junkers. I thought those are savagers. I thought that was pretty cool. That's the first thing that really jumped out at me. I found Gregor just to be too much of a scumbag at the very beginning of the episode. I mean, he was willing to make some concessions to do the right thing, but ultimately when the doctor is telling him stealing this item from the, 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 uh, brain or core of the TARDIS is going to cause issues and he does it anyway. We see the results seconds later of what it's causing, but he continues to do it. And at that point I was just kind of through with him. I'm like, I'm not even interested in your character anymore. So when he, so when he's redeemed, redeemed a bit by the end, I don't even care.
2: (laughs) If, if we had been told that that particular thing, if he had recognized it somehow, if he had known what it was worth, Mm. But he doesn't even know what it is. Yeah.
0: Mm. So, yeah.
2: you know, if it if it if it was a a a diamond that's at the heart of this computer or something, you know, and he's hanging onto that, I would have bought that.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: So, when I was watching it the first time through, I was totally tricked, no pun intended, by the fact of this is really their brother and, you know, so I was so I guess into we're going inside the TARDIS that maybe I just didn't pay attention to the fine print or the details or whatever, but, but I was like fooled and then was like, Oh, well, and Oh, cool. And whatever, blah, blah. This time watching it, I had an interesting take on it, which was, I guess how you perceive things as a watcher, meaning we, the viewer, because if this was a story about the Van Buren brothers and the, every episode they're finding space junk and they get it and scavenge through it or whatever, and it's an ongoing thing that the brother doesn't know that he's really one of them, et cetera, and so forth, but, but you're used to seeing them, the Doctor would be cast in that point as the villain. Because he's the, you know, the things that the doctor did, if you take and shift them to being the protagonist. Well, here's this person that's saying, hey, I'm giving you 60 minutes to help. Oh, I'm giving you 30. Do you want 15 minutes? I, I, for some yeah. reason, I just thought that that was interesting.
0: Yeah, he he definitely took it too far in the very beginning by tricking them. But by the same token, if you, you're you seeing stuff, bad things happen right before your eyes and you're still like this guy, Brom dies and he doesn't even say anything like thoughtful or I'm oh, I'm so sad. He doesn't say anything like that. He Oops. just goes on. That's you has, Yeah. Yeah. And just nothing. So that's why when we had Tricky get almost getting impaled and dying, I really didn't buy his change there. It really didn't make any sense to me.
1: Well said.
2: The part of how they get redeemed doesn't feel honest either, because if Clara doesn't remember the doctor's name anymore, why do these guys have the lingering feeling that they have all learned something and they've grown from the
1: experience? (laughs) Yeah. Because the doctors, and this is my answer to that. I think there is a line in there that the doctor says something to Gregor, he says, "Whatever it is, he says and says, don't forget it." You know, like mm-hmm. he's chastising him, saying, and, "And it's something like, don't you forget it?" And I, I can explain that away as saying telepathic powers of the doctor, and okay. he made sure he didn't forget it.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: I'll buy
2: that. <laughs> okay. So he's aggressively using his telepathic powers against Claire and wiping part of her memory, and that's uh,
0: that's not cool, man. That's a violation.
2: That is a violation. Maybe so. He, he,
0: he yeah. already called her "savage of a lifetime," and then he takes her memories. Come on,
2: yeah, and then and pops her butt with the
1: <laughs> towel, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a great big reset button.
0: <laughs> oh, the 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 towel pop! I was amazed that that happened. I like. did I, I really just see that?
2: that Rewinded, and, and I'm still not sure it does. The way it's blocked, he's upstage of her, so the ca- from or from the camera's eye, he's she's blocking him, so we we can't really see what he's doing. That is what it looks like, and but maybe that's not. Maybe
1: maybe that's happened. what Clarence wanted it to look like.
2: Well, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but see, once he pointed it out, I can't not see it now. But I mean, the doctor, he kind of playfully. You know, flicks the, the little <laughs> microfiber, I call it, a little cloth at her head. And then as he walks behind her, it looks like he does it again. Now she doesn't respond to that at all. Yeah. So it's not mm. like she's being goosed. She she doesn't go, woo, you know. <laughs> but And that's good because the next emotional beat is him asking her if she feels safe. And
1: so. Uh, and, and who's to say that that was just something that that was in a take that Matt Smith was trying to break Jenna Coleman's concentration. Cause you know, they do have scenes where, you know, you, you start laughing with each other yes, etc. cetera and yes, so forth. Yeah. And maybe in the shoot that either somebody thought it was funny to keep it in mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. My, my point being is yeah. maybe he was trying to make her break character and we just actually get that, we in the final her, cut because
2: you can't really see it anyway and she doesn't respond to it. So yeah, let's keep that take.
1: Yeah, yeah. perhaps who knows, but
0: yeah. So quick question for you guys, the, the Tardis key read the Smiths. Yes. Help well, me out. Well, that could be read as
2: being a, a sort of an inside joke referring to, uh, Matt Smith, but yeah. he has frequently, the doctor has, for eight hundred years, used the uh, the pseudonym on Earth, John Smith. So when he went to have those keys made, it was they stamped it with Smiths. That's
1: my mm, that, that works for me. As like, like like he
2: like you go to hardware Hank or whatever to get a key to the TARDIS. But you you know what I mean. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how I don't know how that where that key comes from. It's not the key we saw in the
1: classic series anyway. So
2: we know that. It's changed. Mm.
1: He's got a new one. And it could just be the TARDIS has a sense of humor. Yeah. She it made her says, own keys. Oh, is this
2: yours? I'll put Smith <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the TARDIS saying things, um, well, well, we'll come to it because it's actually my
1: favorite scene. So, All right. Yeah. So what did you guys think? I kind of alluded to it a moment ago. The big reset button. What did you guys think of it? And Lee, why don't you take this one first—the big reset button. Well, to me, it, to me, it calls back
2: to a Christmas Invasion, so uh, uh, where there's a, the big red button that must under no circumstances be pushed, and Push. then he pushes it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the doctor is often talking about the big button. So, yeah, um, that is a message that uh, he has to respond to, and it works. That's what does the trick. I love it.
1: All right. And, you know, we m- may see the button, a big button again. Maybe it won't. Maybe we have. Maybe we didn't. But, Clara, like what, did what did you think of this particular great big button? Uh, uh, even though it wasn't that big.
0: <laughs> Grenade size. Um, I, I don't know. It, it kind of, did it negate the whole episode? Question mark? It reminds me of this episode of uh, well, this is this is a trope that's used in a lot of shows, but there's an episode of Voyager where they detect this explosion. They go and investigate and they cause explosion. But then at the end, they don't. It never happened. Uh, So this kind of we went on this cool adventure, but it did it happen or didn't it happen? It happened. Right. But that timeline doesn't matter. So did we actually do anything? Does it negate the I don't know? (laughs) It's very much timey-wimey and hurts my brain to even think about.
2: I guess it hasn't happened because the TARDIS engine is blowed up. So if this has happened, then the TARDIS is no more. So, So,
0: yeah, mm, he made
2: this unhappen.
0: Does it mean it happened twice? Because Mm. she got the grenade or the reset button the first time, it left the imprint on her hand. That happened that helped them the second time to get there earlier to talk to himself, to throw it the you know, it seems like mm-hmm. it happened more than once. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's Maybe next he generation was just-
2: too like that, where they where uh, the only solution is the data can store the information that this that they're in a loop and things keep <laughs> happening over and over. Again. So now he's the only one who knows because yeah. <laughs> So maybe this maybe this has been happening over and over again, and somehow
1: the TARDIS itself is able to write that on the, the button. I don't know. I think that I could sum it up what I want to say about that particular conversation that we're having right now, and just say the fact of that grenade coming through the way it did, it was sort of kind of heaven sent
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah.
1: Although
2: it certainly has to make people think of um, Amy's crack in the wall. I mean, that's. Yeah. Um,
1: um, yeah. yeah. Not hell bent, but heaven sent.
2: Uh, yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, I think I have completely gone through my great big list, not a reset button, but a great big list of topics that I wanted to talk about. So my question is, do either of you have any other topics Before we get to our favorite scene.
2: Um, We neglected to mention early on when we were kind of doing our list of firsts or thirds or whatever for this episode. It's also the first episode ever to have TARDIS in the title. Indeed Um, it is. And Hmm. I did uh, a little research while we were uh, talking and I found that um, uh, way back in the William Hartnell days, there was a serial that collectively we call Web Planet as the zarbi and all of those bug people and episode six is called the center of terror c-e-n-t-r-e that is the other that's the answer to our question that was the one so yep anyway just thought i'd share that share that but yeah i got nothing else
0: So at the very beginning, well, early on in the episode when the TARDIS is pulled in and all those wires are hanging out. Are those wires supposed to be from the TARDIS or were they there and the TARDIS crashed into it? In addition to looks like the TARDIS landed on somebody. Did I see that correctly? You did. We we never explained that. No, Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I, 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 I took it as we were supposed to assume that's the doctor getting up but that didn't quite make sense
2: yeah he is outside the tardis Uh, hmm yeah but yeah i assume that what it's resting on there is uh other salvage that it's because the ship is just full of junk so
0: okay
1: that that was a junk parson
0: okay yeah i don't don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) anything else before i say <laughs> what i do know uh yeah they called they called um they called tricky the tin man one time so you know this is, that was my other um oh. wizard of oz wizard of oz yes
1: <laughs> see and i'm being nice to clara still so there we go um
2: <laughs> well while we're talking about tricky if if somebody put a hole like that the size of that rod through your arm um <laughs> how, how do you think you'd feel afterwards I'm just
0: asking. Strong enough to knock people off a lattice or a a bridge. Uh, he's he's made of something else. So
2: But he's human. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have no I have nothing. That's all I can say. <laughs> but I do know what I do have is my favorite scene, your favorite scene, and your favorite scene. So Clarence Brown, favorite scene.
0: My favorite scene is the leap of faith jumping over the ravine into the heart of the TARDIS. Very much reminded me of the matrix, but I really like this.
2: Yeah. And Indiana Jones and the last crusade.
0: Yeah, that's uh, true. True. True.
1: All right. Lee Shackelford favorite scene.
2: Uh, it's such fan service, but my golly as a fan of the classic series and, and up to the present. I just love that when a uh, Brom starts trying to take the TARDIS console apart, that their voices that that come out uh like they've been trapped in there and they're all people talking about the TARDIS. And so we hear the third doctor say it's dimensionally transcendental and uh <laughs> so on. And and my favorite to hear the ninth doctor's voice say, the assembled hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through that door and believe me, they tried.
0: Oh man. Uh,
2: I just love it. Oh. And it ends the whole little sequence ends with Ian Way back in the beginning, saying that thing looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere in time and space.
1: That was nice. (laughs) So my favorite scene was Lee's favorite scene. Yeah, that's us. So I'm going to take the favorite quote first because I had typed a particular favorite quote and changed it because I said, I'm not going to say this because I'm hoping to hear Lee quote the Ian Chesterson that he just did. There <laughs> you go. So thank you for being predictable and doing what I <laughs> hoped you would do. Yep. Yep. But, but my favorite quote then has to be, I made up the name TARDIS from the initials, time and relative dimension in space by Susan Foreman, an unearthly child.
2: Yes creating another doctor who paradox since then, we'll find out that other people call it a TARDIS as well so, indeed
1: yeah uh, whatever but she didn't say when she made up the That's name true. TARDIS could have been a
0: long time ago bingo all right favorite quote Clarence Brown oh man so my favorite quote is when the doctor finally fesses up there is no self-destruct <laughs> <laughs> I had you going boys didn't I I just wiggled a few buttons, yeah, <laughs> the old wiggly button trick. And the face, you gotta do the face. do the face. Save her, or we will die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh wait, we really are dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: well, that's called Kyle's revenge because that was my favorite line, also. <laughs> 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 I do. It's just a great moment.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah,
2: the old so wiggly button trick. <laughs> and the face you've got to do the face yeah
1: love that since I'm on since I'm in a corny mood tonight I'm going to continue being corny and say hashtag hashtag great minds think alike
2: yep. yay yours too huh? yay yeah Honor, honorable mention though for smart bunch time lords no dress sense dreadful hats
1: but smart <laughs> dreadful hats is right And indeed all right. So, final rating. Final rating. Lee Shackleford, I shall start with you. Final rating. I'm gonna give it uh, four of whatever those uh, skill
2: saw things that Bram has. That was uh, kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are cool. Uh, I was yeah. I, I kind of want one of those. So I'll give it four of
0: those. Mm. Cool. Clarence Brown. Final rating. I will give this. Four time zombies yeah. looking about. But are, are mm. any
2: of them conjoined twins?
0: <laughs> oh, that was ter- terrible. Terrible. <laughs> mm. I will give this four
1: voices from the past, present, and future out of five. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So I think we enjoyed this from our ratings but i want to ask one final question and clarence i'm going to start with you what are you reading watching or where else might you be found on the internet
0: hmm uh you can check us out by going to the discussing network facebook group Uh, You can do that by going to Facebook slash groups slash discussing network. And I don't know if I should mention another outlet that we'll be providing soon, but we'll have that news coming in the next few weeks. Probably.
1: Awesome. Lee Shackelford. What about you? I am reading right
2: now. A fascinating book by Bill Bryson. Who's one of the best known authors in the whole world. And uh, with the charming title, the body, a guide for occupants. (laughs) And it is, as the title suggests, a book about every part of us. And it is written in his usual uh, um, carefree style and uh, takes you through some hard science. But um, it's it's really easy, to, easy going down. So can't recommend it highly enough. The Body, A Guide for
1: Occupants, Bill Bryson. Kudos on an interesting name. Yes. Hmm. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but I will leave everyone with please check us out on discussingnetwork.com to find all the discussing network shows. You can even subscribe to a master feed. You know, not made by the masters. Like I said, I'm in a corny <laughs> joke mood. But uh, check us out at discussingnetwork.com, gentlemen. This was fun as always. And for everyone listening, thank you for being here, as Lee likes to say, even though I think I've commandeered saying this. So, Lee, what is it that you usually like to say? You didn't have to do this. You got
2: other things you could have been doing. But,
1: yeah, thank you for joining us. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.